Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everybody, welcome to another new episode of Undying Light. I'm your host, Pastor Alex, and it is Friday, so we are obviously dropping another new episode for you. Uh, we have not missed a Friday since uh, like 2020, so we've been pretty consistent, just pumping out episodes left and right. And I know, you know, I talked to a ton of people who listen to this show, and they're like, "Boy, I'm you know, I'm going through this series, or I'm doing that, and I'm all the way over here." And that's totally fine. And so if you don't get to this episode when it releases in the, uh, actually, I think this will be the first week of February that this will actually drop. Um, so if you don't get to it, that's totally cool. You know, I, I think it's just great that people can actually come back and listen to it at a later time. And uh, I just, it, it, to me, it just is always kind of a cool thing to hear people say, oh, I listened to this episode. I'm like, I don't remember, you know, anything from that because I've done so many since. But to me, that's so that's just a really neat little thing about this and the amount of content that we've produced. So as we kind of get into uh, the mix of everything, we are going to continue our journey in the Gospel of Matthew. And we're going to looking at laying up treasures in heaven. Uh, there's a lot of really cool things on the horizon that I am actively working for. Uh, I'm very close to being done with my master's at this stage. I only have a few um, final projects left to complete and hopefully by the time this episode airs I'll be even closer and the goal is to be completely done by the end of February that's the ultimate goal and so once that happens then I'm going to start putting my attention towards other projects developing this podcast a little bit more producing a little bit more content on YouTube perhaps and potentially writing a book or two so those little things will be previous to the patrons and then maybe down the road we'll make them public uh the youtubes i haven't really decided yet there's a lot of things that i do in terms of like the bible study and those remain on youtube for the patrons to come back and watch but i don't make them accessible to the general public so that may still be separate from the rest of the work i'm doing i haven't really decided yet but uh probably sometime in march and april i'll start mapping out kind of the future 
um, or at least the next eight to 10 months of the show. So I'm not going to sit and spin the wheels too much on uh, any, you know, commercials, if you would, or any promoting of anything. You guys should know the, the drill by now. You know, you know how to, if you want to support us on Patreon, if you want to grab a copy of Logos, all that stuff's found in the show notes. If you're interested in fitness and getting yourself into shape and making sure your blood works are all good and healthy and that you can live a long time and enjoy your time with your family, you can also check out some of the show notes there too as that has become quite a staple in my personal life. In fact, since um, really the fall of 2022, I have lost about 35 pounds and I've lost about 8% body fat. So I'm pretty pretty happy with the progress. There's been a lot of dieting, um, watching what I eat, making sure I, I get enough proteins, making sure I drink enough water, all that kind of stuff. So uh, lifting weights and that, that's always a minor thing when it comes to fitness. It's all about diet. So those are the plans. You guys know the drill. If you want to touch base with me on Instagram, I'm not really on there very much uh, as I am ha- having some dis- disagreements with the platform. And I'm really thinking about just kind of sticking to a couple posts a, a week or even a couple a month and just kind of letting it go. Um, most of the content will be shifting more towards podcasting form or writing the books, Bible studies, YouTube videos, things like that. So that's where the focus will be driven and all of that will be available to patrons and then we'll see what the public access will become down the road. So, uh, right now we are in Matthew. Oh, by the way, before we get to that, I I do want to say this, even though I'm not on Instagram, you can still hit me up there. I I do check chats pretty on a semi-regular basis. So don't hesitate to reach out to me if you have questions or you want to chat or just say hi. All for it. Be wonderful. So this week we're looking at Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 24. Uh, last week we spent a considerable amount of time looking at the uh, text on fasting, just those three verses. And we tied that back into the earlier portion of chapter 6 where Jesus tells the uh, crowds of the disciples specifically not to be hypocrites. So uh, here in verse 19, now let's begin with what Jesus says. Again, we're continuing in the Sermon on the Mount. This is Jesus speaking this entire block. So let's pick up at 19. Jesus says, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves can break in and steal, but lay up your treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there is your heart also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light is, the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for, he, for either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. So it's an interesting text, and it kind of gets right at this concept of greed. Um, and this is always a uh, touchy, if you would, subject for many people, especially in the church today, because we see uh, a lot of these mega churches where they just are um, pouring in millions of dollars a year. And they, their pastors make these book deals and they 
make millions of dollars off their book deals. And these churches are just rolling in money. And, and yet people still defend them and people still just pour all their life savings into these churches. And that is a tragedy in the church. That is an absolute atrocity in the modern church. In fact, I, uh, the project I'm working on right now, one of my master uh, final assessments is to take a sermon that I preached that I thought was culturally relevant, and then I have to write, you know, write an analysis paper on how I would use this text to uh, preach it to a different group of uh, cultural group. And so in the sermon I had selected for this project, I made this whole section uh, kind of working through how the church has you know, def- defrauded people and or frauded people. They, they have literally gone in and deceived them and they've tricked them into stripping them of all of their life savings, all of their inheritance, everything. And these pastors are making all of them, this money in the world while their congregants are struggling to make ends meet. They're struggling to, you know, put food on the table and clothes on their back and take care of their kids, et cetera, et cetera. And we hear a lot of these stories from people who come out of these movements and they, they finally come into a biblical church and they are just floored at the different approach to, uh, one, handling scripture, but two, handling of money. It, you know, I, I bet you in the three years I've been preaching, uh, I will say two and a half now, consistently here in Iowa, uh, I've only brought up money one or two times and it was only because it was in the context of the scriptures that I was preaching and it had no intentions of making it a you must donate you must donate give your tithes and offerings you know God will give you all these blessings none of that it was what is this text doing with the money how is that relevant for us today move on and to me people are floored when you preach a gospel that doesn't get wrapped into money or good works or anything like that. It like it, it's such a paradigm and a mind blowing experience because these people have, in, in a lot of cases, have been raised to hear this. You got to be good if you're a Christian. You got to do these good things, and and all these blessings will follow. And yada yada yada. It's just it's exhaustive and counterproductive to what the original gospel's intentions are. So as we start to unpack this, as I'd mentioned, it, it really drives home the point that there's this concept. And I think this last, the last sentence literally is kind of the, the answer to this entire little section here. You cannot serve God and money. Jesus is not saying that money can't be a good tool. And he's not saying that money is by itself evil. Cause it's just a, it's just a product, right? It's a, form of exchanging between one product and the next and it's just a currency used to get somewhere money in and of itself is just an inanimate object it has no goodness or evil to it it is simply there and it can be used as a tool and it can be used wisely as a tool in the kingdom of god it can be done and great things can be done with it but money can also lead to evil things. It can lead to greed and gluttony and all these other things where all we do is feed our lives full of crap and we seek to find and buy all of this junk 
that will not do us any good in this life. Because now we get back to the first verse. Do not lay up your treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and the thieves break in and steal. Jesus is urging a right attitude towards possessions by presenting and contrasting pictures of treasures, eyes, and masters. So you can, you, you can have money in this life. If, you're, if you, you are a talented Christian and you make a lot of money or you have a product that, or a service that people pay a lot of money for, great, keep doing it. But don't think the money is going to obviously save you. And I would venture to say most biblical Christians, especially those who are listening to this show, would probably already know that, right? That's like pretty evident at this stage, not to um, focus and, and rely on money because it ain't going to get you anywhere. It's not going to save you in the next life. You can't take it with you either, but you can certainly help people with, around you. You can help your community. You can help your family. You can help the less fortunate and you know the surrounding areas you can pour out your money to help those around you but what jesus says isn't about you know not having you know clothing or food or or house or anything like that what he's trying to get at is don't put your focus and your emphasis on these possessions don't make them the goal if you have 12 kids you're going to probably need a big house if you have four kids, you might need a relatively decent sized house. If you have one kid, you could probably do with a smaller house, right? You kind of see how it stacks out a little bit. If you have a certain level of income and you have a certain level level of outgoing, whether it's uh, to bills and chair and bills and, and expenses and livelihood, but if you're also giving money to charity, you're tithing right off the bat, right before you even pay your bills. And and I'm going to get a little legalistic on this. If you take the first fruits that you receive and you give those give a percentage back into whatever category and then you pay for your your living expenses and you still have money left over and you can save that money great but when you have a house or a car or you wear clothing uh, you know that's nicer live it to within your means there's no need to get credit card debt there's no need to go out and and have uh, you know, a 30-year mortgage that you, you're pushed to the brinking point financially just because you wanted the bigger house. Live within your means. If you, wanna, if you want more means, then you got to go out and do more work. That's just the way it works. But this whole text is, is a fascinating one because it really drives at the heart of the human desire. We want everything. We want the latest technology. We want the best iPhones, the best Android phones. We want you know, the fastest computers, we want the best TVs, we want the nicest cars, we want sharp and nice clothing, we want all of this stuff. We want it all perfect. And and, and interestingly enough, I follow some fitness pages and one guy, um, I'm not going to mention names, but he devotes his time really to answering questions. And he puts videos up of his workouts and, you know, he, he does a whole bunch of fitness stuff in that. But it never fails that there's always a couple of people who are like, well, what kind of clothing do you wear for your workouts? You know, I want to spend money on, on getting this. It's like these people would spend $100 on a shirt just to go to the gym and get sweaty in when the $2 shirt from Walmart will suffice just well. I mean, my all of my workout gear is years and years old. A lot of it's torn and battered and beaten. Um, you know, I just, I wear 
I think the newest thing I have right now is is some shorts that I got last year. And only because I I like the the style and the structure that they, they that they come in. I don't go out and actively spend a lot. And I think they were two for 20 bucks. So, you know, my, my workout gear is cheap because I'm getting sweaty in it. And I, and I don't care if it's expensive. I don't care if it's name brand. I don't care if it's Under Armour or anything like that. I'm, I'm just as happy wearing a sweatshirt from Walmart as I am anything else. Doesn't matter to me. But these people will go out and they'll spend hundreds of dollars on workout gear. They'll spend hundreds of dollars on their shirts and dress shirts and thousands of dollars on their suits and and it's all for flashy means and really as we kind of you know examine the this world those outside of christ need some sort of purpose to live by and that generally comes with living in the confines if you would of the um Oh, what I want to say here, it lives, you know, within the confines of their sinful nature, their sinful desires. They want to be a showboater. They need everything to be out in front and everybody, th- everything to be out in the open for everybody to see. And this goes back to what we t- heard about in the first portion of chapter six is not to be like these hypocrites. Don't be like the rest of the world. Don't go out and waste your money on things that will disappoint you. Things that are going to rot and rust and moth will destroy where somebody could break into your house and steal it, don't waste your money on that stuff. But it doesn't mean that you can't have nice things. You know, like my wife and I were actually having this conversation the other night, um, you know, around, like if somebody were to break into our house, what would they steal? And I'm like, okay, we got a TV that's about 10 years old. Uh, we've got some, we got a hutch, but a lot of the stuff in the hutch is uh, personal, va- personally valuable to us, but it probably has no real significant value on the open market. But it means a lot to us, and so it, it's a cherished item for our family. Um, you know, we've got kids' toys all over the place because we have two kids. You know, in my office, I've got a ton of theology books, but ain't nobody going to be breaking in and stealing theology books unless you're a church nerd. I got my laptop, but my laptop's four years old now. Downstairs, I have an uh, an iMac that's uh, I bought it used, and and it's like a ten generation old <laughs> laptop, so it's like super old. And it's a desktop, so they're not going to be walking away with that. Everything in our house is old. You know, it's it's, it's old technology. It's stuff from, from years back. And it, it, thank God it's worked and, and been sufficient for us. But, you know, we, we were thinking, it's like, we don't we don't live this extravagant lifestyle. We, we live on a pretty low budget because I'm pastor of a church, and, and that's our big, that's our main, main source of income. And so I don't have book deals. I don't. You know, I'm not the Joel Osteen with my, you know, 52,000 square foot mansion. I have this beautiful house in this small little town in Iowa, and I preach the gospel every Sunday in my church. That's that's what I got, and, and I'm beyond blessed by it. But I also have to understand that my goal isn't to be the most extravagant and wealthy looking preacher. So why would I take any extra money that I have and spend it? on items that are just going to rot and rust. But again, we have to understand that there's the there's the thing the, the, like the difference between wasteful spending on things that are not necessary and and then there's the things that are not necessarily necessary but are needed for like my my career. I need theology books so I can keep reading and keep investing and keep 
being trained and, and knowledgeable. So those are helpful. Um, computers and computer software and stuff like that, that's helpful to my career. It, is it a necessity? No, because all I really would ever need is the Bible to preach from. And I can handwrite all my, my sermons out if I really wanted to. But these are, these are tools that I can use to help me in my job. You know, the same thing with like clothing. I don't have to go to business meetings anymore, so I don't need suits and I don't need shirts and ties or anything like that. You know, a simple shirt with a collar and a pair of slacks, and I'm good. And that's what I wear when I go to church. I just throw my robes on over my clothes so I don't have to worry about what, you know, how appealing I look. I don't have to wear a three-piece suit to church on Sunday. I wear my robes. And so when we see this type of a text, it, it, we need to understand that it's not telling us that we can't have the things that we, that we want or need for our careers or jobs or livelihoods to make them better and easier. What it's telling us is not to put our emphasis and our focus on these items. Don't, don't bank on these to do anything for you because you, they will rot and rust and decay, break and fall apart and, and, and you'll have to you know, trade them out and trade them up and get rid of this device because this is broken now. And they, they always will fail, always. And if all that fails, or if all that, you know, lasts, let, let, let's say, you still run the risk of somebody breaking in your home and, and stealing it, or you leaving it somewhere, or somebody stealing it when you're out. Uh, so, again, you know, a whole long rant on this concept, but I think it we need to be very, you know, generalizing this to make it to where we can still enjoy this life, right? I can still have my, my phone and my tablets and computers and TVs and stuff like that to enjoy the content that's out there. Enjoy the work that other people put in for entertainment. Enjoy the work for of, of, of work itself as I look at Logos Bible software for my weekly sermons and all of my school preps and all of my papers that I write. All of that stuff is well and great. And, and it serves a wonderful purpose. But I don't have to have the latest and greatest of everything all the time. So I'm not out to store up myself these treasures on earth because I, I understand that there's a time when these will f- stop functioning. And that is how we should view this as a Christian. Is this something that is going to make my life easier? Going to make my, my job easier? Is it going to show me any sort of monetary benefit? Is it going to help me and my family? Or is it just a keepsake? Is it just something that I'm going to buy and put on a shelf and never touch again? You know, understanding how we make our purchases and, and how we live our lives is, is pretty crucial to really the ongoing generosity of the Christian. For, uh, for those who, quote unquote, have lots of collectibles, they would rather spend their money on whatever that item is versus being generous with it. And I see that happening a lot in the church. And it even happens with pastors and it happens with theologians. It happens with the internet Christian accounts and all that. They're all about the books and, you know, they, they, they make an idol out of their book collections and they make an idol out of other people's book collections that have more books. And I've, you know, I've shown a few pictures in my library and I've been open and honest at and upfront about it, you know, a lot of them were gifts. A lot of them are secondhand. A lot of them are used. Um, I very rarely buy new books because they're just expensive. And so, I think all of my Christian book or all my Lutheran books 
except maybe two or three were were bought used and and some of them are beat up pretty badly but i can still read the pages and all the pages are still there and that's all that matters and i've had people comment me on my library oh i wish i had a library like yours and you know it's so beautiful and all you must you're so you're so lucky you're unfortunate and it's like you know it's great that you get the compliments but it's like are you are you you know going out and trying to you know covet my my library or are you trying to wish that you had this because you you don't you know or you you know and, and i've had to the opposite extreme of it you know people just say hey yeah, it's a great library you know you must put a lot of time into it a lot of effort i mean it's my library is only a couple hundred bucks big and it's been oh, i don't know over the course of seven years of collecting and it's one of those things that we have to pay attention to because as the Christian, especially a lot of these younger Christians on social media, they can certainly start to covet these things and they can make an idol out of these things and they can take and say, I really want to get these books, you know, and I'll just buy 20 books, you know, this year and, and, and then I'll give the rest of my money next, you know, when I'm done with that. Or, you know, they, they, they try to justify their, their, their greed or their idol, idleness or idolatry uh, versus being generous with their money when they don't abs- necessarily need what they're buying. And that happens for, for, for all Christians. And that's really at the, the premise of this message because, like I said at the very end here, Jesus says you can't serve God and money. Money's a great tool. Money is, is, a, is a beneficial and helpful tool to get you, you know, food on the table, clothes on your back, and whatever you need for your job and career and family and function. Money is a great tool. It's no different than an axe, but they serve a purpose. You know, you they, they have you can't exploit it. And I mean, if you could, then you're 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 obviously doing something wrong with it. But money in of itself is just a tool. When it comes to us, sir, you know, using it for uh, greedy intentions, then we are obviously failing this concept of what Jesus is saying. So, in verse twenty, we are laying up our treasures in heaven. Where neither moth nor rust destroy, and where there are no thieves to break in and steal. Right? Jesus is now telling us the center of one's personality includes mind, emotions, and will. The heart will dwell on whatever a person treasures most. That's what verse 21 says. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So these rewards that Jesus is saying, these treasures in heaven, these are the eternal word uh, rewards that are free and cannot be taken away. That is salvation, forgiveness of sins, the promise of eternal life, and the promise of the resurrected body. Those four things cannot be taken away from you. That is your treasure in heaven. Those are the things that you, as a Christian, put all of your life's worth into. Every ounce of attention you have goes into realizing that promise. These are freely given, and they cannot be taken away from you. Can you give them up? We, you could, and that's, that's a discussion for another time, and we're going to actually talk about that on A Matter of Truth in our new series that Anthony and I are working on, where you can, you know, can you walk away from your faith? And we're going to deal with a little bit about that. But it can't be taken away. God isn't going to strip you away when you misbehave or act like a fool. But pay attention, though, to these words that Jesus says. Lay up your treasures in heaven. Those treasures... 
eternal life, salvation, forgiveness of sins, and a resurrected body. Those are your treasures that you are putting into heaven because those are freely given to you and that is where you are putting all of your emphasis and your attention. Where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. So what you find, and those, if those are your four you know, treasure pieces, if you would, that is where your heart will be as well. If your mind is consumed with these four pieces, then your heart will follow in suit. And you will live this life of generosity, of love and compassion, joyfulness, and all of these things. And you will experience a life that's so much more full than if you were to just be out to chase your own personal desires, as verse 19 is warning us against. And then Jesus goes on in verse 22, the eye of the lamp, the eye is the lamp. And he says, in Jesus' day here, people believed that the light shone out from the body through the eye. Uh, this can go back to uh, some notes here on Job 17.7, the dim from vexation Physicians in ancient times believed that the eye had a source of light within it, perhaps because the way the, the eye reflects light outward. Job is further distressed over the deterioration of his body, and his eyes were so dim that objects flit before they like shadows. Uh, so re- the healthy here, if you're, so if your eye is healthy, uh, is referring to a spiritual health, producing a bountiful eye. This is a connection to proverbs 22 9 that says whoever has a bountiful eye will be blessed for he shares his bread with the poor such an eye means that the whole person is healthy and generous john huss says this his work is pure from a standpoint of holy purpose let me frame that say that again john huss his work is pure from the standpoint of a holy purpose when your eye is correct when you have a fixed focus on the treasures in heaven your heart is there your eye will be there as well your focus is on these gifts that god has freely given to you and you will live a generous life such an eye means the person is healthy and generous and it look it doesn't mean that you have to give away everything and and be broken poor and live in poverty no just be generous give away your first your first offerings if you you know are one of those christians you can certainly do that um, I, I remember when I was going through the Dave Ramsey course, you know, years and years and years ago, and we were actually going to teach it in, in a church that I attended and his biggest piece. And I always found it interesting is stop all of your debt payments and focus on your uh, smallest debt and, and work up to your biggest debt. Okay, great. Call it the snowball effect. And you could do it two different ways. You can work on your smallest debt and go to the biggest, or you can work on your biggest and go to the smallest. Make minimum payments along the way. Not what is the the focus here, but the focus is that he would stress that you you know you stop eating out, you stop doing all this stuff, you stop living this extra life, if you would, and any money that you get in, you count all of your income, and then of that, f- before you pay your bills and before you pay anything out, you give money to the church or to God or to some charitable organization. You give first, then you pay your bills. And there are some people out there that are very driven in that nature, and that's perfectly fine. And there's some people who pay all their bills, save their money, and then whatever they have left over, they give that to charity as well. Either side, you're not going to break any commandments. And even if you can only give $10, 
you know, a month to the church. Whatever you can do, it's to be done with an open, loving, generous, joyful heart. I have people who are on restricted incomes who live in my congregation and they can only give a, you know, a small amount every month. And that is totally fine because it's not about the money. It's about the message. It's about Christ and his forgiveness and his love for us. The money helps the church keep going and it pays my, you know, my, my bills and it puts food on my table. But that I know God will provide for us. But for these people who can't, give more money i don't never stress it because it's not the that's not the point of the church the point of the church is to be a, a haven for the lost and the broken and the sinner so let's uh kind of close this out here a little bit the last verse pretty much sums up everything and i think that last verse really hammers pretty hard here you cannot serve god and money well, guys, thank you for tuning in, and I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Uh, as always, we will continue bringing new content on every on Fridays, and we will continue our journey looking through the Gospel of Matthew. So it's Friday, so make sure on Sunday you get into church, and hopefully you can partake in uh, the Lord's Supper and commune with fellow believers in Christ. Until next week, God bless, and we'll see you all later. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.